guys. Mike Crockett here from the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, and we're going to do something a little different this week. Last week on this feed, I mentioned that there was something going on on Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. We had a WPAN reunion. Yes, myself, Brian Fury, Brian Malonis all appeared on Julian Starr and Tarzan Taylor's podcast where we revealed the all-time New England indie wrestling top 10. And if you haven't gone and listened to that episode, please do. It is episode 25 of Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. Be sure to subscribe while you're over there so you get all their great content. I believe there's a new episode coming up this week that we'll talk about uh, probably at the end of this. But joining us or joining me, I should say, to provide some feedback, a little wrap-up from the top 10 in New England indie wrestling that we did on the podcast with Julian Starr and Tarzan Taylor, are Julian and Tarzan themselves. Julian, how are you? Good, sir. How are you? I'm very well. And Tarzan, a.k.a. Matt Spectro, how are you, sir? Hello. <laughs> Good to have you here, Uncle Leo. <laughs> so, it's like uh, a, uh, one of those after shows, like, Talking Dead. Yes, exactly like that, except uh, with a much more incompetent host. But uh, <laughs> as we realized 10 minutes into trying to start this thing. Um, so, guys, uh, we knew it was going to probably be controversial. I mean, anytime you do a top 10 list of something, uh, you know, it's not a subjective thing. People uh, will be upset. People will be annoyed. People will be confused. Um, what's... Tarzan, what kind of feedback did you get from the top 10 episode? Uh, for the most part, uh, just some people were like, uh, and you might have had the same thing. Like, oh, I didn't think, I didn't realize that guy would qualify. I don't know if everybody, I think some people had dawned on them, you know, the qualifications. Uh, I remember how like Triple H and Kofi and guys like that had not been, uh, um, you know, some people didn't think qualified. Um, I think a common misconception a lot of people got under the impression was who are the top 10 most successful guys out of new england and not you know just who you thought were the top 10 best my retort and i don't know about you julian or you michael was always well it's subjective of what you think you want to vote for in the top 10 i mean is that the same type of thing you heard yeah yeah a lot of people just uh kind of what happened to this guy what happened to that guy and i'll get into the specifics here in a second but uh julian did you kind of hear the same stuff yeah, um, I heard a lot of people saying, like, how come no one mentioned Killer Kowalski? How come no one mentioned uh, Slick Wagner Brown? How come, you know, there were so many names that were mentioned as to how come these people didn't make the top 10? How come these people didn't get mentioned? It's not to say they didn't make the list. Um, but yeah, and again, it, it had to do with people. I got shit from someone because I picked Triple H on my list as number one, and they thought that was asinine. Because they said that Triple H didn't work the indies. And I said, yeah, he did. Um, and I, he just said that, well, the, you have to think about new age indie. And I, I think this all goes back to the whole uh, subjective thing, which is going to then have everyone argue that the results are skewed. Um, I also got um, uh, people really annoyed by John Walters and Alex being higher than Sasha Banks and some signed guys from New England. <laughs> But I'm like, I don't know. I mean, maybe I voted more with who I thought was the best and I took success into it. But maybe some people thought it was truly who were like the most successful guys to come out of the New England area. Yeah. Tarzan, do you think, I mean, we talked about how 
strict we wanted to go in terms of the rules for this thing. Do you think we should have gone more, uh, should have been more rule heavy and really narrow this down a little more? Or do you think we did all right uh, having it a little more uh, open for people? Personally, I like it open. I've always, my whole life, I've, if nothing else, I love to talk wrestling. I've always loved to talk wrestling, even before I was in the business and even after I was out of it and when I was in it. So to me, it's more interesting to see the subjective opinions people have bringing it um, you know, to the forefront and discussing what people have. As Julian and I always say on our show, spirited debate. Yes. Uh, Julian, do you think we should have spelled it out more? Um, yes. And here's <laughs> why. is because there should have been... Well, here's the thing. I don't know if we actually stated wrestler. I mean, couldn't you have like best of all time booker, best of all time um, manager? Like... I don't think we actually stated worker or wrestler. I think we just said anyone in the New England wrestling business, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I think everyone just kind of in their heads, you know, tunnel visioned it to wrestling in general. And I think if we had given them a broader explanation as to who you could pick, what the criteria was and so on and so forth, and just been a little more detailed on it, um, I don't think we'd have – is much arguing with the result. Well, yeah, we didn't really specifically say wrestler, which, um, I mean, if you look at number 58 on the list, that's Rich Palladino. So <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did get a little... Yeah, uh, I outranked Rich Palladino? <laughs> yeah, just oh, by a couple uh, points there. <laughs> so you got that going for you. Yeah, I mean, maybe we should have said wrestler. Um, I mean, that did help me get one measly point um <laughs> did you vote yourself in no i didn't vote myself so someone else uh, put me in at 10 and uh and, and i don't know if we should mention that at one point julian you attempted to put me in your top 10 and i i told you to, to take me out yes both of you gave me shit both you and tarzan told me to take you off of that list because that you weren't considered one of the greatest i think you're the best referee to ever come out of new england and that's why i wanted to put you on there well, thank you. Uh, actually, uh, Todd Sinclair outranked me on the list. I, I, I don't see where he is, but he, oh, he's number 75. So he got a little more. Uh, I'm in 98. So, <laughs> But I mean, like Brian Fury was an example. He got a lot of votes for, you know, a lot of people said his influence, you know, and his mark on wrestling was, you know, a lot of the factor. Um, I didn't personally take that into effect when I was coming with my votes. So, but if you went by that logic, I think someone like Mike Hollow probably would have got more votes because, I mean, you look at the guys, he had a hand in training that went on to be pretty successful in this business from New England. Yeah, he was on, like, I think he was on one list, uh, Mike Carlo. But yeah, let's go back to the thing about Kowalski. Someone, I believe Joey Kilmartin is the uh, gentleman's name. I think he's a, a he trained under Jason Rumble. Um, but he mentioned, like, he was flabbergasted that Killer Kowalski wasn't in the top 10. Um, I mean, we, we, we didn't spell it out in terms of you had to be a wrestler, but I think we spelled it out in terms of. Um, you had to spend time in the New England independence, which for most people translated to you had to wrestle in the independence. I mean, Kowalski um, had shows independently in New England in the early to you know mid later nineties, but uh, didn't wrestle. Um, he did get some votes, but uh, not nearly enough to to crack the top ten. Kill Kowalski got a uh, he's number thirty two overall on the list, but uh, he didn't enter my mind when thinking about uh my top 10 uh, same with you tarzan yeah i was my and maybe i got this in my own head i was thinking 
the 90s on was kind of in my head because to me, I didn't feel like there was much independent wrestling before the 90s in New England, and maybe there was. So I was kind of thinking anybody who from the 90s on is really what was in my head. Yeah, and like Julian was just saying about the the new age indies, yeah, the like I said on the podcast with you guys last week, the independents in the early 90s were, it was a very loose term. It didn't resemble what we see today. Like uh, Kowalski had these shows where people would basically give him a lump sum of money and it was like a you know a police league or a you know the the high school football team would say hey here's five grand book us a show we, you can have it in the school gym and that's kind of how he did his business and he got like probably uh, thirty or forty shows a year just through that and that's kind of that was his independent circuit um, much different than what we see today with people booking you know VFW halls and you know they're not being offered $5,000 to come work at the, you know, the Lowell Elks and stuff like that. So it's very, it's very different. Um, so I could see, like I said, I, I didn't think about Kowalski and uh, Julian, I'm sure you didn't either. No, I, I had the same thought you guys did. It was, I started thinking wrestlers and, and people who competed, not so much. I did want to go with bookers, but it's weird. I didn't want to go with owners of, wrestling shows like you know jamie jamikowski or chris sullivan or uh sheldon i didn't want to go with those guys because i don't know it just it looks like you said it didn't dawn on me and that's that's how i viewed killer kowalski so he was immediately wiped off my list because i didn't at my time think of him as a new england success as much as i thought of as a new england quote-unquote promoter yeah Back to Joey Kilbarton, who brought up the Killer Kowalski thing. He also talked about uh, he's curious as to why John Cena was not eligible, but Triple H was. Uh, the uh, the simple fact is that Cena wasn't trained here and didn't work here uh, beyond two or three shots, like uh, you know, just one-offs. Uh, he worked once for NECW, worked once for Chaotic, and might have done something else. But those are, those are the only two that I know of offhand. Triple H, like I said, worked those Killer Kowalski shows for almost a year and a half. So, and he was trained by Kowalski here locally. So that's why Triple H is eligible. That's why Cena was not. So that's the uh, explanation there. Uh, Julian, you also one of the names you brought up uh, off the top here was Slick Wagner Brown. I want to make sure I mention him. I, I got a me- private message for someone. I won't reveal who that is because it was a private message. But he was uh, very surprised that Wagner didn't even make the top ten unsigned list. Never mind, you know the the top ten with the signed guys. You can understand. He didn't understand how he couldn't make the top ten if you take out all the signed guys. But uh, yeah, uh, Wagner. I had mentioned for Tommaso that um, he was one of the first guys to, you know, create an internet buzz for himself. I think Wagner might have been the first in New England to do that uh, in the very early 2000s. Um, Of course, he was uh, dating April Hunter at the time, and she had a handle on uh, having an online presence, so she helped him out. But he was very prominent and like was one of the first guys. He might have made it uh, ROH. I don't think he became a regular, but he was doing shots with ROH before John Walters, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, Wagner was a guy that really uh, set himself apart uh, very early in the 2000s. And Tarzan, you're around at that time. You know, Wagner was... He was the guy that was known outside New England, probably one of the first, right? I would agree with that. Wagner had a lot of buzz back then. Uh, he's a guy that everyone thought was going to be like the next guy to break out of New England, to be signed somewhere. That definitely had a lot of buzz back in that time frame. 
people also got to understand that um, we tried to get as many people to vote as possible, but you know, I mean, it's only a microcosm of New England where we had 57 people vote. Yes. I mean, that's really a drop in the bucket when you think of all the managers, wrestlers, promoters, you know, uh, in the New England area. So, I mean, yeah, maybe if we'd gotten more like Connecticut guys or something, maybe Wagner would have been high. You know, I mean, who knows? You see what happens? This is why people need to follow Truth Justice and the New England Pro Wrestling Way on Facebook. They would have seen the posts and, and the wrestlers who follow that stuff could have chimed in. And those who ignored, that's your fault. <laughs> There's, I mean, we got 57 back, but I would say, I mean, it had to be like 80, 90, closing in on 100 that we sent out. There's a lot of people that didn't respond. Um, I was looking for more representation from like, yeah, Connecticut, Western Mass. And it was, it was hard to get people to respond, especially, you know, you're, it's basically a cold call. I think you guys know something about that for for your day jobs but they did just just uh, call someone out of the blue and say hey could you spend some time putting together a list and uh you know some people didn't respond and uh i my goal was to have 50 and we got more than 50 so i was happy with that but it, of course obviously would have been happy with uh with a lot more um we heard from tim mcneeny tim mcneeny uh he actually responded on the uh, Facebook page for Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. He uh, is an old-school Kowalski guy. He was actually in the top 10, uh, unlike Wagner Brown. He was in the top 10 for unsigned guys overall. Uh, he says, you know, how come how the names of Kowalski, Perry Saturn, Scott Taylor, China, and Matt Bloom get left off the list? What I responded to him was the fact that Obviously, the pool of guys from the 90s was a lot smaller in terms of the people we were able to contact and the people that actually responded back to us. Um, and the fact that, you know, we got a pool, you got guys from the 90s, you got guys from the 2000s, and guys from today. Like the guys from today know the guys from the 2000s. So there's more chance that, like, you know, a guy from today will know about Todd, about uh, Ivar. Even though you know he's gone now and he's moved on, he'll know about his history because he's been around for so long. But a guy from today is not going to know about you know Brian Walsh and Chris Duffy from the early '90 Kowalski shows. So I think that's kind of the reason that a lot of those '90s guys got left off the list. Tarzan, is that what you think happened here? I think a lot of people, not myself, but a lot of people, just thought indie guys. You know, they didn't think guys that. Uh you know, in the WAF, Perry Saturn and Scotty Tuhati were both on my list. Um, I was surprised neither one of them made it, but I think a lot of people were just thinking the guys that are associated with New England independent wrestling, and most of the guys are guys from the 21st century. So I think a lot of them didn't even think twice about Triple H, Matt Bloom, Scotty Tuhati, Killer Kowalski, guys like that. I mean, you could debate on and on and on about, you know, the top 10 and who should be on there, what not should be. I mean, it also depends on the pool of people you're getting in contact with who uh, will vote, you know? I mean, you guys probably have more contacts than I do now currently in the, in the wrestling biz. So if we'd gotten more people, probably from the late 90s, early 2000s, I think those guys probably would have been uh, on the list. I don't think it's a generational thing. I assume that everyone who gets into wrestling at least knows their past or their history, rather, of professional wrestling, including the area you're wrestling in. I have to assume most of these guys do know about Perry Saturn and, and Scotty Tuhati and Spike Dudley and all these other guys, but um, 
it's like we stated before. I just I don't think that they associated those names with the independence because they're looking at the independence of today um, or the independence of recently. And, and recently, you've seen guys like Brian Malonis and Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. Well, not Mike Bennett, excuse me, uh, Matt Taven and and Ivar just before he got signed, and even people like Josh Briggs, and you know you have different names than what these guys are seeing today. And they probably they know it just. You think about independence, you think about currently. Um, if you think about all time, and the other thing is, is we did state that this was based on their experience. I assume we got way more people answered us back based on today's experience and not experience from the early 90s. Yes, yeah, there, there definitely there's a larger pool of guys, like I said, from you know the year 2000 to today. Um, it just really there's more availability the more they're more out there because you know guys in the social media age they have social media accounts you know a guy from who worked you know for Richard Burns USWF in 1991 uh, I'm not sure how to contact him cuz you know they're not hustling on on social media trying to get people to know who they are because they're just 55 year old men now just kind of hanging out but that's I had this the same. That's kind of the reason, uh, to, in my eyes, that guys from the '90s didn't really crack the top ten. But I do want to say that Scott Taylor was number twenty overall. So it's not like uh, Scott Taylor, by the way, Sky Too Hotty in the WWF, as Tarzan mentioned, uh, number twenty overall. So it's not like he was forgotten. Just didn't crack the top ten. Uh, Killer Kowalski uh, mentioned before, thirty-two overall. Perry Saturn was thirty-six. So I mean, they're they're there. They had a representation, just not enough to crack the top ten. Like I. I said the more uh, this is like a recency bias because more uh, the recent guys uh, were voting, I and mean, that's just the way things are with in terms of who we could contact for this. Was there anything that uh, surprised you in, in terms of feedback? Well, me, I can't, I don't know about you two, but I, I, I the whole friendship thing got brought up again, and how these guys got votes because they're my friends and whatnot. And to me, I find that ridiculous. I haven't spoken to Tommaso Champa since I stopped booking Chaotic in two thousand and. 14 um everyone knows that sasha banks and i don't like each other uh i've met kofi kingston one time i've never met triple h uh brian fury is my friend on the list but i didn't vote for him so um i i don't know if i agree with that statement you know obviously everything's subjective and maybe i'm the only one who heard that kind of feedback no um i kind of heard the same thing it, it just a lot of that comes from if the list didn't come out your way, then you have to accuse something. I mean, I'm going to take something like today's situation, the coronavirus or the COVID-19 situation right now. There are people out there that think there this is a, a hoax and that it's a not so much a hoax, but if there's a conspiracy that it was created to take away freedoms and yada, yada, yada. It's there's there's got to be a way to blame something for some reason. Um, and I, I think that's why people are shooting with the I'm going to shoot with the whole friend angle because I don't think Brian Fury should be number three or I don't think Todd uh, Tommaso should be number two or whatever I think Kowalski should be one I think Tim McGinney should be number four you know I just that's my opinion I think that's the reason why people are shooting that angle I mean, I've said this to some people that I was uh, corresponding with to get them to make lists. I was like, I don't want this list to be chaotic central. I I was really trying to reach out to people other than you know the usual suspects, the guys that I've you know been in locker rooms with in chaotic. And I mean, 
to a man. People I contacted from Connecticut, people I contacted from, you know, the Worcester area, Western Mass, uh, you know, Maine. I was surprised. I was hoping, you know, I contact someone from Maine, they'd have some Maine talent. But as it turns out, they, a lot of people put, even outside of the chaotic bubble, they put guys like you know Ivar and Tommaso on their list. So it's it's not a fact that we contacted you know solely chaotic guys or you know solely guys from the North Shore. I, I think uh, around the entire New England area, people respect the fact that these guys uh, grinded for as long as they did and made it to the big time. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's a friendship thing because we went. I went outside of my circle of friends. I felt very awkward, like, you know, contacting people I haven't talked to in years in the midst of a pandemic to ask them to submit a, a silly list of, you know, top 10 guys. It's It, it was weird, but I, ha- I had to do it because I didn't want it to be a chaotic list. It, as it turns out, there was a bunch of chaotic guys on the list, but it's not from, uh, you know, it's not a, from a lack of uh, trying to get outside opinions. And we did. And those people who, who were, you know, outside of, of, the chaotic bubble, as I said, still were you know putting guys like Ivar and Tommaso and Brian Fury on their list. It's just it's just the way it worked out. Um, I do want to mention though uh, this uh, another person contacted me talking about uh, what happened to guys like Ken Phoenix, Aaron Stevens, Johnny Curtis. Johnny Curtis, I think, was on one person's list, and he was a guy that was around New England for a bit, and uh, of course, obviously. He's Fandango in WWE, and uh, not a lot of people recalled him. He's a he's a main guy. Not a lot of people recalled him as someone uh, that was you know top New England talent. Did he even enter your mind, Tarzan? Uh, he was on my. Um, I I originally did came up with thirty names and narrowed down to ten. And Johnny Curtis, aka Fandango, was definitely on my original top thirty that I came up with. And uh, Ken Phoenix, I should mention, uh, also known as. Uh, Kenny Dykstra, Ken Doan, uh, Kenny from the Spirit Squad. Uh, he was a Kowalski-trained kid, uh, literally a kid. He was like, I think, 15 when he started training and signed with WWE, I believe, at 18 or 19 and went to OVW and you know hooked up with the Spirit Squad and then did Kenny Dykstra. He was like a, one of the top prospects in the WWE system. Did work uh, in the indies, but... I think uh, he was on one person's list. Uh, not a lot of love for uh, for Ken Doan, aka Kenny um, from the Spirit Squad. Yeah, I mean, we could go all day on you know who's what happened to this guy, what happened to that guy. But uh, you know, we got a, a varied response. Like I said, I think there are ninety nine total wrestlers that were ranked uh, among the fifty seven lists. But you know, the the top ten ended up being the top ten. It, was there anyone else that Julian? you thought should have been on the list um just because based on the way the list was formed uh, my, i think it looked like a lot of, and here's the thing the pool of voters that we had were all workers of some sort in the new england area and it seems like what they voted on was based on really the respective in-ring ability and like you said kind of the grind that they they're their toughest grind here in new england um i think a guy who 
if you're going to rank him as a great wrestler, is Biff Busick. Um, I think he should have been a little higher. That guy is a guy who trained in New England, uh, even sought to go out of New England, re, you know, reinvented himself, came back to New England, and really made a name for himself here before getting signed. Uh, Oni Lorkin, for those who are not aware of Biff Busick, but uh, that's a guy I feel like should have been ranked a little higher just because I thought his work was great. It's different, still different to this day in, in wrestling. Um, and I, I just think that that's a guy who kind of got left in the dust. And Tarzan, is there anyone that you think that really didn't get the love he should have? Well, number one, before we get to that, I'm just going to say anybody, regardless of what anyone's motivation for voting, I mean, I, I I don't think anyone could argue that 10 people that made the list aren't extremely talented. So I don't know why anybody would really have an issue with it. But as far as, um, I think both Logan brothers, I think got the shaft a little bit because everybody associate, associates them as a tag team. So I don't think anybody really voted for them as a tag team. Because I don't think anyone thought to vote for a tag team, really. So they didn't get voted all that much individually. So I think in a way, I, I don't know if the shaft's the right word, but I think they got kind of overlooked a little bit as a result of that. I agree with that. Like we mentioned tag teams were eligible, but you know, people just in your head, you hear a top 10, you think about singles guys. So I mean, maybe we can rectify that at some point. I don't know if we'll get to that. Um, with, you know, we can maybe revisit lists at some point in the future, right, guys? Yeah, you could also I love lists. You can, <laughs> you love to tell the tape. The um, you could also do you could broaden your voters. I mean, all we did was choose people who worked in New England. Why would we choose from the the people who pay to watch us? I mean, we could extend that list of fans. I mean, there's a plethora of fans for people who, as we can see, um, who were fans of New England wrestling back in the 90s and the 2000s and even today. Um, they'll have a, a broader frame of mind when it comes to voting because, I mean, I didn't know anyone or anything from the independents in the 90s. So how could I have ever voted based on my experience of Perry Saturn, you know? So I, I think that would be a little more interesting. And I'd like to watch the list develop based on fans' idea of who the best is. That is interesting. Let us know out there if uh, you're into that. And uh, wrap up here. Uh, I know you guys have to get going. Uh, you've got your podcast coming up. Who's your guest next week on? Uh, actually, is it this week? Uh, Are you doing a podcast this Wednesday? Before we get to that, there is a controversy I do have to address, Mike. Oh, excuse oh me. Okay. So this occurred to me after we recorded the episode, but I didn't say anything because we'd already recorded it. But then Sonny Goodspeed texted me and made up a good point. Let me get Alex Arion did not actually train in New England. So Sonny's logic, which I said he had, might have to be right. Would he have not actually qualified for our top 10 list? Who? Hmm. Alex Arion. He didn't actually train in New England, even though he spent his career mostly in New England. He trained by Al Snow in Ohio. So Sonny's good speed had texted me and pointed out that by our own rules, does Alex Arion really qualify for the list? Well, in, I mean, did we put in the rules you must train? You must have trained? And I think we put must have spent time in the New England independent scene. I don't think we said that they needed to be trained here. Um, no, we didn't. We, they, we just said they had to spend a significant amount of time in the New England scene. We didn't say you had to train in New England. So even like people who have wrestled heavily in New England, like um, I'll just say... I don't know. I don't really have anyone outside that I know of. 
Like, uh, like was... perhaps the guy you interviewed a couple weeks ago on your podcast, Tyler Cintron. He started somewhere yeah. else. If he if he were to stay in New England for ten years, and we did this ten years from now, I would say he'd probably be eligible for the list. Yeah, that makes sense. I would say even the two years or so he's been here. Well, if Alex doesn't qualify, that means your tag team partner, Brian Malonis, made the top ten list. <laughs> that is true. So so De- Arion definitely qualifies in my book. <laughs> <laughs> I think Crockett was just trying to keep Malonis out of the top ten, I think is what's going on. Well, you know, this is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, one, one more thing. I did have someone... We talked about the number one person on the list, Handsome Johnny slash Warbade Hansen, slash Ivar. Um, of course, you know, a, a hell of a story. And um, Tarza, you took issue with him being labeled by some of the voters, by some of the people who submitted ballots as nice. <laughs> I certainly did. <laughs> you say he is not nice. <laughs> I wouldn't describe Todd as nice. Uh, I like Todd a lot. I think he's a very entertaining guy. I don't know if nice is a word I would use to describe Todd. I don't think he's malicious, per se. But there's definitely somewhere between nice and malicious where Todd falls into. Okay, well, I hear you. But uh, let me just say on a completely unrelated note, has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. Uh, One of the voters actually uh, submitted something that says, this person had potential to be on the list, but is a quitter. Julian Starr. (laughs) <laughs> well, completely unrelated to what we were just talking about tarzan completely unrelated to what we were just talking about <laughs> who who the fuck voted that so how uh, so yeah ivar uh <laughs> he's uh the nice guy in my book no. Okay, I think personally he is a nice guy. I think he's just he always reminds me of a stand-up comedian where when he meets people and he's in a group setting, um, he becomes an entertainer. He immediately finds someone. He finds little things. And then he paints pictures in your head and starts describing you as to what you look like and how you act just so people could, you know, play the relation game. I don't think any of his stuff's malicious. It's just all out of good fun because he's a smart ass, um, but he's quick witted and fun to be around. That's our number one, uh, Todd Hanson, Ivar, Handsome Johnny. And uh, you guys have to get going because you're going to be uh, doing an interview. And it is for this Wednesday, right, on your feed? Yeah, it's going to be this week, uh, this Wednesday. It'll be released, and that is going to be with our guest, Steve Perkins of Big Time Wrestling. Um, he is the owner of Big Time Wrestling, as he has told me, and uh, he has admitted to me that he has never really spoken, uh, or what do you say, it, uh, what do you say, chop shop, what's that saying? Uh, talk, talk shop. Yes, he's never talked shop um, about Big Time Wrestling. He's never talked about the business, the booking, uh, the boys, nothing. So this is going to be what we like to call the man behind the curtain, an exclusive here at Truth Justice and the New England Pro Wrestling Way. 
and he was also known as uh, he was an on-air personality for big time wrestling as well as Steve Sparta for people that yes. uh, are unaware. But uh, yeah, that's going to be a very interesting show and I want everyone to make sure they're subscribed to Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way and this Wednesday, because a couple days from now, you can hear uh, Tarzan and Julian talking with Steve Sparta, a.k.a. Steve Perkins. Uh, going to be a good show and thank you guys very much for sitting down with me here, uh, doing a little bit of a wrap-up for the all-time New England Indie Wrestling Top 10. And Julian, how do people get in contact and stay in contact with your podcast? Well, as I always state on our podcast, you can follow Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way on Twitter. It is a The handle is at Pro Wrestling Way. You can find us on Facebook at Truth, Justice, and the New England Pro Wrestling Way as well. That is a like page. Go ahead and stop by and like us. And as always, you can download our podcast on any major podcasting app that you see fit. Please like, subscribe. Go ahead and move us up the ranking. We want to make this the best listening experience for you. So please leave us feedback to help us improve. All right. Well, thank you very much, Julian and Tarzan. And uh, we'll be back next week with something probably on this feed. You never know. This is Mike Crockett. And uh, thanks for nothing. Thanks for nothing.